stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Look, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, clearly there are people who disagree. I don't think there's any doubt, though. We need to get pipelines built, and we need to get the Trans Mountain, Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Pipeline Project built. And I think, I mean, it's so important in so many ways. I, I think just symbolically, if this pipeline fails, what, what hope do any others have? And obviously, when it comes to getting a product to the West Coast, right now, this is really our only prospect for the foreseeable future. I mean, Keystone XL, hopefully, we'll, we'll clear some hurdles. We can get that built. But getting to the West Coast matters. And this is kind of it right now. So as we know, we don't need to go through it all, but the B.C. government has, in various ways, tries to uh, tried to cause problems for this pipeline. As we know, the NDP and the Greens in B.C. both ran in the last election on a platform of well, basically being in opposition to this pipeline and threatening to, to do whatever they could to stop it. The issue here, though, is that it's federal jurisdiction. And the pipeline has been approved by the federal government. So that's where things stand. That it would seem as though we have constitutional law on our side when it comes to getting this pipeline built. But do we need to go a bit further down that path? Here, for example, last month, something that uh, UCP leader Jason Kenney tweeted. Quote, the liberals could clear this matter up right now by using Section 9210C of the Constitution by making it perfectly clear that the Trans Mountain Pipeline and issues surrounding it are under exclusive federal jurisdiction. Well, they are under exclusive federal jurisdiction. But what about this section of the Constitution? Would that make it even more clear? Is that kind of a nuclear option to to vanquish all opposition to this pipeline? Is it a card that the Trudeau liberals can and should play? So I wanted to get a better understanding of, of what this section actually means and what impact it would have on this current situation we face. So uh, joining us now on the line is uh, Charisma Mathen, Vice Dean of Academics and uh, Associate Professor of Law at the University of Ottawa. Professor Mathen, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Just in terms of kind of the, the broader strokes of this debate, because, I mean, we, we know that, for example, pipelines are federal jurisdiction, but in terms of confederation and the Constitution, I mean, how do we know that to begin with? We know that because of a section of the BNA Act, 1867, uh, which divides the powers between the federal and provincial governments. So the provincial governments have authority over what we call works and undertakings, which are things in the day which would have been railways and steamship lines that are wholly situate within their provinces, so within the boundaries of their provinces. But there's a carve-out from that jurisdiction for similar types of uh, works and undertakings that span more than one provincial boundary. And so uh, a pipeline, to the extent that it crosses a provincial boundary, it actually falls under the exclusive authority of the federal government. And if you want to get really technical, you can go to the BNA Act and look at Section 92. Okay. Well, and, and so you, you won't find the word pipeline there, but it's it's pretty clear that it's, it's come to refer to. It means it applies to these kinds of, of projects. 
That's right. So the term used was works and undertakings, and then it gave some examples of steamships and steamship lines and canals and, and railways. And so it clearly it wasn't it wasn't um, limited to those things. It can evolve as our works and undertakings evolve. And we now we do have case law that confirms that a pipeline is considered a work and undertaking. And I mean, this was kind of the whole idea of Confederation, wasn't it? That we would have provinces that would certainly have matters within their jurisdiction, but we would have this this overarching federal government, and, and there would be certain things that would be in the national interest and would be federal jurisdiction. That's right. So in 1867, uh, we set up a federal state, a state where the authority to make laws is divided among uh, different orders of government, as we call them. And we have the central or federal government that we all know. And then we have the regional governments, which to us are the provinces. And the BNA Act was very much concerned with uh, stating as clearly as possible the um, uh, respective jurisdiction of those governments. So if you look at this debate around the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and the BC government seems to be uh, inclined to, or looking at uh, every and any Thing that they have within their their jurisdiction to uh, at least cause problems for this pipeline, and they talked about uh, protecting the coastline, for example, these kinds of things. But um, when we look at at kind of the central question, I guess it takes us back to the beginning here. I mean, is this clearly federal jurisdiction? Does that suggest that, that at this point BC doesn't have much of a leg to stand on? It is clearly uh, federal jurisdiction because the pipeline crosses more than BC. So yes, it is absolutely uh, within the exclusive control of the federal government, and that means that legally British Columbia cannot impede the federal government from taking certain decisions with respect to the pipeline. Most importantly, what will the pipeline carry? Now, that's not to say that BC is not able to insist on certain things uh, that might occur, for example, in the event of a spill, like BC is perfectly uh, within its rights to have its own approach to environmental protection in the event that something untoward um, happens, but it cannot act uh, to impair, we use the term impair or obstruct the federal government's exclusive control of the pipeline. It can, of course, make things difficult politically, right? And it, and mm-hmm. it can actually, it can potentially do things that might, uh, could could uh, create some headaches or delays, but if push comes to to shove, uh, the Constitution is pretty clear. The federal government has exclusive authority here. Right, and and that authority, as we have established, stems from this this section of the Constitution, Section 92. Now, there are those who say, though, that perhaps, given the the political turmoil here, that, that the federal government could make it even more clear by invoking declaratory power under Section 9210, of the Constitution. Now, would we be essentially reiterating the federal jurisdiction that already exists, or is this a a separate tool that exists almost in the the federal government's back pocket here? It is a separate tool, but it exists. um, It it permits the federal government to take control over a purely provincial work. So here it would be a redundant move and a very provocative and, and I think, probably counterproductive move for the federal government to do that because the Constitution already gives them all the authority that they need. So if we're going to have the existing court challenges of the existing NEB decision, if the federal government comes in with an additional constitutional declaration, could that possibly open up uh, another avenue of appeal and cause even more confusion and delay? 
Well, the federal government's declaratory power is pretty much unlimited. Like, there's very little that that one can do against that, which is one reason why it is considered, uh, it would be considered such a, um, in in essence, a provocative move. Uh, It it would be highly uh, controversial. It would would be very combative for the federal government to do that. And um, I believe that were that to be the case, um, a court would actually look at the, uh, would would probably say, well, in fact, you already have the authority to uh, govern this pipeline because it it is a national pipeline, or at least it is it is interprovincial. It's not limited to the provinces. So, I think um, while the courts wouldn't wouldn't strike down the federal government's use of the declaratory power, they might actually be moved to say, in fact, it wasn't necessary in this case. So it doesn't necessarily make all of the the opposition go away. I mean, some sort of view this as as a nuclear option that that that's it. That all opposition to the pipeline, any challenge to the pipeline, that it all goes away, and it's clear sailing ahead. Well, I think that it's being used by proponents of the pipeline to really put more pressure on the federal government to take as strong a stand as possible. Of course, the federal government does need to manage its relationships with all of the provinces. And so, um, you know, citing something that appears to give the federal government the ultimate the ultimate say, uh, you know, it may be politically useful for whoever's making that argument, but when you actually look at how our constitution works, it's a redundant move. It would be um, highly... highly controversial, highly disruptive, really, to, to, the, to overall federal-provincial relations. And I think it's more of a rhetorical tool than something that has, um, that has present-day, you know, real legal utility, real legal significance, given, again, that the federal government clearly has exclusive authority over pipelines that cross provincial borders. I mean, that's been recognized since the 1950s. Yeah. Has has this section been used before? The declaratory power, yes. it has been used before, but it hasn't been it hasn't been used in a very long time. It's it's like the federal power of disallowance, where the federal the the federal um, uh, government could actually render certain provincial statutes null and void. I mean, it's it's just um, such a powder keg that uh, it it would it would be a very difficult thing to do. You'd really want. It's like the charters notwithstanding clause. Like you, you'd you'd want the circumstances to be very clear before you're ready to deal with the political backlash because the declaratory power, though it exists in the Constitution, it is in tension with the overall spirit of the Constitution, which is that the federal and provincial governments are equal partners in confederation, in, in Canada. And while the federal government does have some tools where it can win the, the fight at, mm-hmm. the, at, in, at the ultimate stage, um, that is, you know, it's an extraordinary step and it really shouldn't be undertaken lightly. Yeah, well, I think some important points for both sides of this debate. Uh, Professor Mathen, we'll leave it there. Really appreciate the insight and thanks so much for making some time for us here. You're very welcome. Okay, so maybe that helps to add some some clarity around this question because I, I, I get the sense that if, look, if we do have something in our back pocket, then why are we waiting to use it? If there's a way that we can just kind of put an end to all this nonsense, then let's just, let's do it now and get on with it. I mean, it's not that simple, unfortunately. Nothing ever is. But this is the very section of the Constitution that gives the federal government jurisdiction in the first place. So if we're already 
using the, the power that the feds have with regards to interprovincial pipelines, just this does seem redundant. And I don't know that it gets us to the finish line any faster. So what do you make of that? 403-974-8255 is the number 974-TALK. And a few other things to get to here. More time for your calls and your texts. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.